Alan, and peace of Christ to all. Um, y- y'all know the uh, application on your phones, the, the website Yelp. Yeah, Yelp, it's one of those. And when it was first started, it was one of those that was really just all the uh, local folks would give their feedback on um, local establishments and restaurants. And so I really appreciated it um, when it first came out and you could use it to get to know what are some of the local restaurants when you go to other cities and other communities that you didn't know. Because when, when I go out of town, I'm really not a big fan of eating at Chick-fil-A. I, I like Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. I'll eat there, well, tomorrow, uh, but not today because they're closed. But I don't want to go to Indianapolis, you know, or Denver and eat at Chick-fil-A. I want to know, you know, what are the places there that are particularly good, that are unique, the kind of things you're not going to get anywhere else. So I go find out from the folks that are local. And you can get on the website and, you know, you, I look for four, five stars, want some comments, and preferably one dollar sign, maybe two. Yeah, and, and then you can go find those places. And one time, Kathy, my wife, and I, we were in uh, Southern California, and we're in this little community in between the big cities, and we pulled out Yelp to see, you know, what, where's a place to eat uh, around here? And it gave us this little um, restaurant um, taco place. And it wasn't a hole in the wall, but it was close. I mean, we drove by it three times. You know, the first time we just missed it. You know, the second time sort of drove by slowly looking. Do you think they wash their hands in there? Sort of hard to tell. And, but then the third time, it's all right, there it is, let's go. And, and it was really more of a, a hall in the wall, not, not a hole. Because you walked in and to your right there was a little uh, a counter where you bought your food and paid for it. And to your left there was a counter and four stools and that's where you ate it yeah and we went in and they were some of the best fish tacos i've ever had that i would have missed if i didn't listen to the people who had gone before me you know if i I didn't listen to the people that lived there that had eaten there and that knew about it well this isn't a promo for yelp i'm not getting paid by yelp or anything But to me, it is an illustration of the power of the resurrection. Because what Jesus has done is he's lived a life. He has gone through death and he's popped up on the other side. And he's looking back to us, giving us, here's my five-star recommendation. Here's the way to live. Follow me. You want to you live life with God forever? You want to live life with God through this life, through death, and into the next? Then follow me. I've been there. I've done it. I've experienced it all. And now, I can tell you and demonstrate to you the power of love. The power of God's love that conquers Sin, death, evil, and judgment. And he says, here's the five-star recommendation for life. Follow 
me. Our passage is in Matthew 28. And it's, uh, Matthew presents to us the, the resurrection of Jesus really just in the last chapter of his, uh, all of his writings. And he presents to us the uh, um, basic story of the risen Jesus and his basic teaching right afterwards. You know, because, you know, Yelp's sort of funny and... But I don't mean to belittle the resurrection by comparing it to Yelp. I mean, really, what's wasting a few dollars on some lousy fish tacos when it comes to whether or not we follow Jesus and we're wasting our whole lives? I mean, you have to realize this is the power of the resurrection. To to follow Jesus is to give our life to Him. And if we're not giving our life to Him, then is there anything else that is able to conquer life, that's able to conquer death, evil, and judgment? Is there anything else? Because if you've latched your life onto anything else, if you're following some other recommendations, I can't tell you that those will conquer sin, death, and judgment. But if you've latched your life onto Jesus, the power of the resurrection tells us that He has conquered sin, death, evil, and judgment. And we don't want to waste our life following anything else. Matthew 28, starting with verse 1, is found on page 811 of your uh, pew Bible. Let's, Let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask now that your Holy Spirit would, would speak to us. Because look, we, we don't want to waste this time. We want to spend this time wisely. We want to hear from you. We want words that lead us to life and to love. We want to follow your recommendation. So speak to us. Give us focus in our attention. Open our ears. Open our hearts to hear from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, um, so remember the, the basic events that have happened during this week. You know, so Jesus, has, um, last Sunday, you know, it was Palm Sunday, He came in. They were, they were shouting to crown Him as King. And, and now by you know, Thursday, Friday night, they were shouting to crucify Him on the cross. And Friday night, that's where he died and was laid in the tomb, dead. Friday night, brainwaves not working, heart not beating, blood not circulating. And Saturday, he stayed there and into Sunday morning. And that's where we intersect some of Jesus' followers. After the Sabbath, remember Sabbath was Saturday in those days. So it was after the Sabbath. As the first day of the week was dawning, so just Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. I mean, so th- this is earthquake kind of stuff. You know, this is the cataclysmic explosion of the resurrection that... that Resurrections don't normally happen. Usually people stay dead in the tomb. But it wasn't just that he was coming back to life, but it was that he was conquering death. 
He was conquering evil. He was demonstrating his power that this was the great victory bell of the love of God over the evil of the world. So it's earthquake kind of explosion at the resurrection. Verse 4. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. I mean, they were knocked out. I mean, they, they fainted. The Roman guards who were there to stand guard over the tomb, they see the angel and they're out of it, gone out cold. But the angel said to the women who stayed awake, Do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He's been raised from the dead, and indeed, he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. You know, it's this, this kind of event of an angel showing up, telling them, listen, he's not here. Go check, take a look. Look at the tomb. Now, when, you, when you're done with that, go get the others. Get the rest of the team. Meet them in Galilee. And, and you imagine what's going on in these women's mind. Fear and joy at the same time. I mean, he was dead. I saw him. Where is he? What happened? Go who, where, how? And there's just got to be confusion in the midst of fear and joy running through their bodies. And here's a practical point for you. If you meet an angel and you're all confused, just be sure, do what they say. That's it. Okay? And all else is lost. You've lost all control. Don't know. Never been here before. Just hear them and do what they say. So they did. The, the women, they, they go look at the tomb now. They're heading back to get the disciples with fear and joy. And then verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Now here's another uh, quick little practical. You see Jesus? Leave everything, fall at his feet, and worship him. If you see him, let all else go and fall down before him, just like these women. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. And the same thing the angel said, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And then jump, turn the page to verse 16. Or we'll go to Galilee. Now, the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus pops out on the other side of death. And he turns around and says, listen, here I am. I am the one who is God in the flesh. I'm greater than death. I'm greater than sin. And I'm here to prove it. I am the one who has authority. 
I am the one who will never leave you. Death won't stop me. Sin won't stop me. I am with you all the way. And I've just proved it. By conquering death and sin and judgment. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go take all of you here. You've tasted it now. You've heard my recommendation. You've followed my recommendation of what is the five-star recommendation for life. You know I'm the one that conquers death in this life and sin in this life and the life to come. Now I want you to go tell other people to do what I say. Just like you obeyed me. Now you go tell them, obey me. I mean, if Jesus truly was raised from the dead... And this isn't just some fanciful story or nice metaphor. Then we're fools not to do what he says. If he really has all authority, if he really has conquered sin and death, then who else are we going to follow? Whose recommendation are you going to follow? Whose recommendation leads you to life? Yours? Mine? One of the candidates for president? Who are you going to follow? Whose recommendations are you going to take? Whose recommendations are you taking right now? But I want to tell you, I want to tell you, Jesus... This is true. If he proves he's got the five-star life, right? And he's going to lead us in all authority. He's never going to leave us. But i got to tell you, he teaches some pretty whacked-out stuff. I mean, he told some people, he told some people that were following him, that we want to follow you. He said, okay, get all your stuff, sell it all, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. He, he made some crazy statements about who's blessed. Here are the blessed. Those that are poor in spirit, they're blessed. Those that are meek, those that are humble, those that are peacemakers, they're the ones that are blessed. You want to know who the greatest is in my kingdom? You want to know who the greatest, my five-star recommendation about how to be great? Then go be a servant. Here's my five-star recommendation, Jesus said. If you, you want to live life to the full, well, then go give it away. Don't, whatever you do, don't try to keep it. Don't build a wall. Don't keep it in. Don't try to hoard it because that's the surest way to lose it. You want to keep life, you want to live life, then, man, you've got to tear the walls down. You've got to open the arms and open the heart, and that's the way to live. That's what the one said who conquered sin and death and judgment. Those are his five-star recommendations for life. Now, I have to admit, I read those. That's like driving by a hole-in-the-wall taco stand in the middle of nowhere, Southern California. That does not sound to me in my recommendations and the recommendations of the world of what brings life. They come from the mouth of the one who conquered sin and death and evil. The one who's experienced death 
and life to the full. And he looks back and tells us, go this way. This is the path to take. This is what leads to the fullness of life. I had a friend a number of years ago who went to Rwanda. And he told a group of us one time the story of meeting Aria. Aria um, was 20 years ago. Um, now she was young, um, married, had child and in her tribe and village in Rwanda there were 53 of her family there and uh, followers of Jesus imagine that Easter egg hunt and she was in Rwanda and you may remember or read about you know the genocide in Rwanda if you saw the movie Hotel Rwanda and the, the battle the warring between the Hutus and the Tutsis Well, one day the warring tribe came through her village and murdered all 53 of her relatives in front of her. And they severely abused her but left her alive. And after... In her initial healing, she discovered that from that abuse she was now pregnant and that she had HIV and when Eric was born nine months later, he also had it. But my my friend Steve and his older daughter, when they were visiting Aria, she was the leader, the founder and leader of a nursing, of an orphanage in Rwanda. For other children just like Eric, other people just like her who had lost their entire family to such grotesque evil, such vicious acts. And and, uh, Steve's older daughter asked Aria as they heard the story, how do you do this? She said, my life is in God's hands. And Jesus, on the cross, He died for my sin, and He died for their sin. And He has told me to forgive, no matter what. To forgive. It's one of those crazy things that Jesus says. You forgive, that leads to life. It's one of his five-star recommendations. Forgive. So, Aria, so I did. I forgave them, and now this is my family. Whereas Jesus has, has gone through life on this earth and all the way through death to the other side, Aria got as close to death as you could get. And faced the fullness of evil as you could get. And now she comes back and gives us her recommendation. And she says, I'm here to tell you. There is no evil that you can experience that the grace of Jesus Christ does not conquer. And she quoted from Paul. God's grace in Christ is sufficient in every circumstance. 
And we live in a world that's violent. We, we live in a world where you know, you've got people that look like they have friendly faces, but maybe they've got a bomb in their backpack. Jesus had friendly faces all around him. One of them betrayed him. One of them denied him. And most of them abandoned him. Yet he says, this is the way to life. He knows evil. He knows violence. He knows death. Those that follow him who've experienced the same, they tell us the same stories. Now, we're going to oppose death. We're going to oppose evil. But it's not out of fear. It's not out of self-protection. It's out of faith. It's out of knowing that we are alive in the one who's conquered sin. He's conquered death. He's conquered judgment. And we're not letting any violence of this world rob that faith and trust from us. Because we believe the resurrection isn't just a nice metaphor, isn't a nice childhood story, but it is the very center of the entire creation, the cosmos, the universe. That's the power of the resurrection. A couple weeks ago, I was talking with Tom and Beth Dreyer. They're members here. Tom is a uh, physician and Beth is is a nurse. And they were sharing how, this is maybe a couple months ago actually, they were... um, going to leave their practice, you know, the medical practice, because they were fed up with it. They were, they were done with it. And it, it was, God was calling them to something else. I mean, it was a real brave step. And so what they decided to do was, was leave and then go on a pilgrimage. I mean, Beth said, this is really like a pilgrimage for us, where we're going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And, and we're going to walk and just and wait for the Lord, see what the Lord says and does. And then a couple weeks ago, talking with uh, Tom, he shared that he'd recently been to his doctor and told that he had lymphoma, kind of cancer. Well, that throws a little curveball on this journey. And as we talked to that, I said, Tom, would you be willing to share your story with us on, on Easter Sunday? Just share with us. How, what are you thinking? How are you feeling as you go on this part of the journey? So this is what Tom had to say. I see that what we're really meant for. We're born as immortals. C.S. Lewis says very clearly, you've never spoken to a mere mortal. We're all immortal, destined to be eternally fulfilled in the presence of our Creator with to, to glorify Him in eternity, future and past. Or we're destined to be forever separated from Him, unfulfilled, as Philippians says, in everlasting destruction and separation from the presence of God. Um, Then I began to understand that what was terrorizing me as a child when I would think someday I'm going to die 
was the quote from Romans, the sting of death is sin. The first time I, I heard that, I, I said it back to myself and I said, the sting of sin is death. I understood that more clearly. Sin, the consequence of sin is death. That's the sting. Sure, I understand that. But when I reread it, I was so startled a few years later that it was the sting of death is sin that I reread it. I looked in a few other translations to make sure that was correct, that it wasn't a typo. And now I realize that the reason for that sting, the sting of death is sin, is because the judgment that comes after our death is what the sting is. We can't survive that. We are going to get badly stung by a pretty bad, nasty serpent. Um, that's what the terror was. I d couldn't say that. I didn't understand it when I was five or six years old. And I really didn't understand it until I was in my 30s or 40s that I finally saw that first in the order that those words occurred. Um, and then I realized that's what his mercy is about. He spares us from judgment. I mean, I knew that theologically, but I didn't get it. So just recently, uh, that terror that I had thinking about my own demise, my own finiteness, my own finitude, suddenly got practical testing because I was just, just after leaving work as a physician with the intent of taking a hike on the Appalachian Trail, I had a lymph node biopsy that showed lymphoma, cancer, and I started thinking, oh boy, this may not be an 85 or 95 year run, it might just be a 60 something year run. And I began thinking about, well, how do I feel about that? And I tried thinking about it at night in bed by myself, too. And it wasn't the same terror. It was more of a realization that, that the world that we see isn't the kingdom that we're talking about when we pray, thy kingdom come. Thy, the kingdom that we're praying for, God's kingdom, is is infinite. It's He's all-powerful. It's free from sin. And the only way to get there is to have, let this body die because it's completely bound up with sin. It's wired for sin. We can have that sin forgiven in Jesus' grace and mercy. He's paying for it, but the body's still infected. And so it has to die. And it, and I realized that we do live like Abraham as a stranger in a strange land. This isn't, this isn't, this is the kingdom of this world. It will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. But right now we are citizens of the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. But we're living, we're residing in this kingdom of this world. And the only way to get there, unless you're Enoch or Elijah is to die and so it doesn't have the terror it really doesn't death doesn't have that same terror uh, in fact I realized that I really do have some yearnings for what comes with death uh, never thought I'd feel that always thought it would be well the doctrine says that I'll be in the presence of our Lord in paradise but I didn't 
really believe it. But the mindset has turned over the past 10 years. It's been a good trip, and it's not terrifying anymore. Summing it up, I guess, in a a way that's appropriate for today, what I was really terrorized by when I was a child and for years into my early adulthood, I was terrorized by Good Friday, by the crucifixion. And what I'm seeing and feeling more is Easter, the resurrection. That's where I'm headed. Yes, there's always a hard part. And death has no sting anymore because of Jesus' resurrection. Evil, death, the power of the resurrection conquers those. And we've heard just a few stories of those who've experienced it or have come face to face with it. And they're telling us, they're giving us their recommendation. This is the way of life, even in the face of evil, even in the face of death. One of the other neat things about uh, listening to Dr. Dreyer is your vocabulary goes up. You know, as you're hearing, you'll, it'll improve your SAT scores. I want to come back to the main question, though, for you. Whose recommendations are you following? Whose recommendations are you following for life? Because if what the Bible says is true, then there will be a day of death and judgment. That everyone will face God face to face in their judgment. And Jesus is making it clear. Follow me. Come with me. I've conquered that judgment. You're scared of death. I've conquered death. You're scared of of the evil around you. I've conquered that evil. You're following somebody's recommendations. They might even be calling you right now. Don't follow the recommendations of anyone else but Jesus. He's the one that leads to life. I'm betting my life on it. Aria was betting her life on it. Tom is betting his life on it. And Jesus has shown us the way. Next Sunday, we start a series called Brave. And we'll be on that series for, for six weeks. And it really is about the adventure of following Jesus and conquering how he conquers sin and death and anything else that causes us fear. And it's, it's one where we want to latch on to Jesus. We want to continue to, to learn and grow and be sure our wagon is hitched to him and to nothing else because he will lead us in the ways of faith, in the ways of courage, in the ways of bravery as we face such violence and evil and death before us. So I, I, doesn't, actually a whole bunch of churches in the city and around the country are actually going to do this series uh, this, this time. And so I invite you to do it. I don't care if it's here or anywhere else. 
But do what you need to do to be with a group of people who are encouraging and challenging you to follow after Jesus because He is the one who's been through life and death and He shows us the way. Now, if you know somebody else, if you know some other way that life and death and evil are conquered, go for it. I don't know of any other way. And what I long for with you is for all of us to walk in that power. And this is one of the tools that we'll be able to do it by getting in small groups and every day having exercises that help us encounter and walk with Jesus. Whose recommendations are you following? Heed call of Jesus who's popped up on the other side saying come follow me